0: Do you- you smell it in the air. It's a comeback. That's right. go surging, ready to take down Sims. Each have $1,600 to bet on four wild card games. The minimum could be 10. The maximum could be 1,570. Four choices, one winner. The playoffs begin now. Sims, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
2: I'm good. fedrick how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? What
1: is your obsession that we can't start the podcast on a normal conversation? That we have to make the normal corny intro It doesn't have
2: to be corny But you can't be talking over the intro music Because it's a problem for editing Says me because so, I edit it with Jake. Why, what is so That's hard? Why. What What's is up? so shout hard? Do you want to come and sit and edit with me today? Uh, Absolutely not. Let's go sit. We'll sit in the edit bay together, and well, I'll show you how it all comes together. But what do you have to edit if we're having a nice conversation with music? Because if you're cut off, <laughs> when I'm not explaining this to you, left, go start the podcast. Just start the podcast. <laughs> We've <laughs> already started. I We've have already. Started. I know. Because oh. if you're cut off and the music's playing and the beat drops, it doesn't sound good it just doesn't work. All so right, so the that's ra- why
0: the random story I was going to tell was that we did our show, Chris Johnson was on. He challenged, he believes that there's a conspiracy that John Ross did not beat his forty <laughs> yeah, right. time of 424. I go on Twitter last night and this guy that I guess is like a publicity guy or a he's PR the, he's person. the PR guy. The PR guy for the laser 40 times at the combine was like, this is not actually factually correct. We stand by our technology, something like that. And I was like, yeah, I was like, wait, are you a gatekeeper? To like a laser 40 time machine right. because I would like to just time my friends. Well, I was like, I would like to have Sims run it. Well, I'd you like can just run it, it. I can buy it anywhere. I can tell like, you how to set it up. I was like, I know T O and Ocho Cinco, I'd like them to do it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but I don't want to pay for it. Right. I want this publicity guy to give it to me. He goes, I'm happy to come on your program and dispel this conspiracy theory. And I was like,
2: Because no. there's no one I'd rather interview. Yeah, and I was like PR guy for no, the not, laser only, timer.
0: not only that, fuck you. I want this conspiracy theory to live on. I think Christian johnson beat it and i don't want you to come in with your facts to ruin this well this is johnson ran the fastest 40 time in the history of the world and the nfl network lied because it was the island year and john ross was not wearing the adidas and they didn't want to give it to him and they're like let's make history i love that conspiracy theory and i'd rather have that conspiracy theory exist where you're saying
1: john ross he wasn't wearing adidas
0: so he didn't yeah remember it was the the year of the island if you're wearing those adidas shoes you can win an island right and, like, he was wearing Nikes.
1: Yeah, right. But I love that conspiracy so theory. So that would add to the fact that... So they would give it to him, though, just because it's not in an no, island? No, it was in
0: the year where there was more attention because right. of the islands. So they gotcha. created news waves with a 422 gotcha. from John Ross. And I'm just saying... I sometimes want conspiracy theories to possibly exist. Yeah, I don't need you coming in with your facts.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, and listen, I'll I believe that in in about
0: fifteen years, avocados will be proven to be really bad for people. Yeah, it's a conspiracy theory.
1: I have. Yeah, it's just a dumb theory. It's really not even conspiracy. You're Usually right. Conspiracy you're right. You're theory. right. You're right. Yeah, twenty years. <laughs> the The issue is not with the laser, too, Johnny Laser Man on the Twitter yeah. feed. Okay, you're right. It has nothing to do with the laser. I mean, it's a
0: bold-faced lie.
1: It means nothing. No, the biggest issue with the 40 timing at the NFL Combine it all again goes back to human error and again goes back to anything with the NFL. They want to save seven dollars on something because yeah. they make 17 billion a year. Just like NFL Jesus or NFL.com. The digitalness of that two sites is pitiful. And that's a digitalness is holy crap. It's as good as that's as good what as is that even Yeah, yeah. That, I, mean,
2: <laughs> I didn't get to tell you about this. <laughs>
1: digital it, it means my English is as good as their damn websites as far as when it comes to digital quality. Time and out. Wait, but yeah. what was
2: the human error of the time So
1: 40 the human time? error of the 40 time getting to that is that a human is in charge of the start, and that's the problem. Oh, so, it's not so, like so one guy, a plane? No, it's not. has nothing to do with that. Now, if you went to a real place that was going to time and really do it, like the place I used to work out at, Parisi's in New Jersey, Always you get in your position and you have a thumb pad. So then when your thumb comes off, that's the clock starts. Okay? So that's how you that do actually it. actually makes a lot but of sense. But now we're, well, of course it does. But the NFL has a guy that just sits there and waits for you to move and start. So one time he can start it early and one time he can start know. it late. I looked at
0: their website, there were sensors, looked like you cross a certain plane, you cross Well, no, there's plane. a 10,
1: a 20. There's a. What do you
2: mean? What are you talking about?
1: I oh, know that this is, they start with a hand time. How many times have you been in the combine?
2: Yeah, more than you. That's actually that's right. true. I walked I, in to help him do his addition this morning for his bets, and he's sitting there just cursing out NFL Jesus as he tries to reload the schedule over and over again.
0: Well, I know exactly what your problem Well, my problem was I went on NFL Jesus today, and officially, they always do this on Thursdays. Oh,
2: the default posts, or they went to
1: post season?
0: Yeah, default post. Yeah. Now- Every time I go to schedules, it shows me the postseason. Yeah. And it's another click I got to do. Yeah.
1: It's another thing. They've saved seven cents on that. No, they didn't that's want not that. No, they, that's. But I'm talking about whether. That wasn't a if you're on a money, normal. But... Yeah. It's horrible. It shouldn't go to that. I mean, nobody wants to see the postseason schedule that doesn't exist yet. So that's stupid. Okay. On their part. Yeah. Okay. Good point, Chris. You're right. And then. Well, no, but no. It doesn't matter. It's stupid. It's stupid. The other way you explain it, it's stupid. And the real point is when I'm on a full schedule and then you go to try to go to a team-specific schedule, it yes. sits there and back. loads, right, and then you have to press back again okay. so Stop. it goes to the schedule. This is literally 1% but of
2: our audience. That's all right. I don't care. Okay. I
1: just want them to know. The NFL cheaped out on that, too. All right.
2: So how are we doing this today, Josh? All right. So we talked about this on Monday, but just to recap... <laughs> You're fucking insane. <laughs> All right, so coming out of week 17, Sims, you are sitting at 590 bleacher bucks. Lefko, you are sitting at 160 bleacher bucks. Uh, and then just in case you care, records overall for the year, Sims, you are 127, 121, and 7. And, Lefko, you are 123, 125, and 7. Oop, four games better than you and money leader. Woo! Uh, all right, so the way this is going to work today, we'll do it like usual, only four games. So we're going to talk for about 15 minutes on each. I will give the game and the line and the weather. First thing is this. Yeah. Antonio Brown was in our building yesterday. He dressed up in a costume
0: to avoid attention. No, that's. I don't think that's what it was. What was There it? was a show right. that just aired last night called The Masked Singer. Right. And it's about people that go up there with huge elaborate masks on. Right. Right. And they sing, and then the judges have to guess who it is. Right. And Antonio Brown apparently was a contestant on that show, I guess was in a hippopotamus outfit. Can you look and see if he was on this show I checked his
2: social I
1: didn't see it. But what
0: about the show show? You just type in the mask. Well either way he was online
1: to get a pass to get in the building and he was still wearing his costume which tells you he didn't want to be seen. He was on the show and he was going
0: up to apparently the 25th floor which is a CBS office. Yeah. Did
1: you hear the reports today? They're coming out a little bit. that A lot of unnamed people are feeling that part of the blow up was the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster was named team MVP. Albert Breer wrote that. Yeah right. And I think somebody else has corroborated that as well. What is the percentage?
0: What is the percentage? Did you post online our take that Juju Smith-Schuster may be a better wide receiver than Antonio
2: Brown? I mean, it was the title of the YouTube podcast when we is did that. there
0: any chance... That he, somehow Antonio Brown saw that.
2: Yeah, he was coming here. And it well, <laughs> to beat your
1: ass. <laughs> Take it. All
0: right, so how are we doing this
2: today? Okay, so today it'll be pretty much like usual. I will give the game, I will give the line, I will give the weather. Uh, I'll kick it over to Chris for your full breakdown on the game. Lefko will come in with his thoughts on the game and break it down, give his bet, and then uh, we can talk about it at the end for longer than we normally do because we don't have 16 games to get through.
0: And yeah. I am not going to interrupt you once. Whoa. Whoa. Helping out Enrique here. Whoa. Uh, during your section. Okay. Big After I go, season. I can interrupt you as much as you want. <laughs> as
2: much as I want. Uh. Uh, all right. So, first game here, guys. At 4. What time is the game on Saturday? 4.25. Wow,
0: first game is at 12-something, I think? 4.35. 4.35 on Saturday. Oh, right. 435 Saturday, on
2: Saturday yeah. The Indianapolis Colts visiting the Houston Texans spread in this game. For us, is Houston minus 1.5. It has moved to 2 uh, at some of the casinos. Oh. Uh, weather forecast for Houston, do we care? No? Not sunny, really. On, sunny on Saturday, 68's the high. Okay. Just to let you
1: know. That's nice. Take it away, Chris. Nice comfortable day. Uh, okay. Houston doesn't feel like a dome to me. No, it's got a, well, it's a grass field, so that's what makes it feel a little different that's right off why. the bat. And it can open up. So it opens up. It's not a true dome. Yeah. No, um, no,
0: but those, the playing surface yeah, is... It, yeah, it's it's
1: different. Yeah, it's a great stadium. Uh, that's the first thing I'll say. I don't I'm think it's the heart. greatest advantage as far as home field advantage. Um, but I think the first thing is this, right? This is where I just... Let's start off at a base level. Okay, the, the Houston Texans are, oddly enough, and we don't think about this because I think when we think about teams, we just go Luck versus Watson, right? But... The Houston Texans have playoff experience. I mean, they they have a lot of players on their team who have played in playoff football and in big-time games, whether it was the Houston Texans or some other team. So they're not going to be shocked here. The Colts, on the other hand, do not really. They have a few guys here and there, Andrew Luck, Jabal Shear. There's a few here and there. But I just mean relatively, I think they're the more younger team. Not putting a whole lot of stock into that either way, but just throwing that out there. I think the thing where we start is the Colts O versus the Texans D. And you've heard me say this a lot during the week – it's This is one of the worst matchups for the Houston Texans in the whole playoffs. I mean, I, I really do believe that. It, it, it stinks that they got to deal with this team because, you know, they have the kryptonite to stop the great pass rush of the Houston Texans. And I think that's the first thing I look at. And you've heard me say it a few times during the week, so I'm sorry to, for you to have to hear it for the third time. But regardless, uh, yes, this is, you know, arguably – It's definitely one of the three best O-lines in football, and it's definitely one of the three best pass-protecting O-lines in football, right? And that's where I worry about the Houston Texans. It's one of the worst pass defenses with the Houston Texans. They don't have great man-to-man corners. It will be important for Jonathan Joseph to be back uh, playing better this week, or 100% healthy, I should say. Um, The other thing I would say with the Houston Texans, I wish they would be a little more base and simple on their coverages. They go for the kill too much, right, Lefko, where they go like, oh, we got them in third and nine let's make it 4th and 22, and I want to just go, let's just make it 4th and 2 and make them punt.
0: I was just going to add, so for a lot of these games, I went back and watched a ton of the highlights. Yeah, great. uh, Like full packages. Sure. The amount of times that I saw Houston bringing two defenders, like extra defenders or three, in like third and whatever, yeah, it was like every time I watched right. the game, yeah, it's they're bringing two linebackers or a linebacker and a safety. They just sell out all the time. They do
1: too many dumb or over aggressive things in big situations that allow them to be burned I mean just whether it goes back to your Eagles game with a set 90yard bomb over Tyrone Matthews head to Nelson Aguilar and they have what clowny reader Covington. I know the one team that doesn't need to do they that. don't need to do it exactly right and they don't even really need to do some of these like you know uh intricate coverages that they do at times where I just go, there's just no need. Just play basic. You're talented enough and good enough to not have to take those chances. So the big thing is, yes, can they get pass pressure? The one thing I'll look up with the pass pressure, I think this is one thing for all viewers to watch out for, and it was a little bit of an issue, or it can be an issue this game, is Braden Smith against J.J. Watt and pass protection, okay? I just, have not
0: heard a negative thing about Braden Smith all year. It's so pretty what, talented.
1: But, but yeah, it's just, what are you going to say? Well, it's just a rookie, okay, who's got to deal with a guy who's a very well-schooled, uh, pass rusher who gave uh, gave Braden Smith a few issues the first time they or not the first time the second time they played a few weeks ago. What was that four or five weeks ago? Now week uh, fourteen. Week fourteen. So there. So there is one thing I do look at, and I would expect the Colts in certain situations when they have a feel good feel to go. Oh, they're only rushing four, and it's J.J. Watt matched up against Braden Smith. That they will do something to just help him out a little bit, whether it's just slide guys that way or have a back chip. Um, but at the end of the day. You know, J.J. Watt's not the guy that I think can ruin the game. The X factor for the Colts uh, Texans defense is Jadeveon Clowney. I will say that and I will always stand by that because Jadeveon Clowney can have zero tackles, zero pressures, and zero nothings in the game and be the most disruptive player on the field and everybody else has the stats, but he ruined like 70% of the plays. He's the guy I look at to go, he could be the one that goes above and beyond and can really make this a mess if he plays extraordinary. I don't expect that to happen because I think that Colts offense is pretty damn good, and I'm worried about luck having all day long to throw the ball and just striking deep with what we talked about a little bit yesterday is a little bit of an underrated uh, receiving core. I mean, we all talk about T.Y. Hilton, but Ebron's good. The other tight ends are pretty solid, okay? And then you get into the Chester Rogers and the Dontrell Inmens, who are, are servible, serv- serviceable targets, especially against a secondary like the Houston Texans. Now, flipping it over to the other side of the ball, I don't expect the Houston Texans to be able to run the football. I don't. And I do think you there is the possibility to run the ball on the Indianapolis Colts for some teams, but the Texans just are not good enough up front to do it, I don't How, think.
0: Who, what are the teams that are able to?
1: Well, I think it is the big, hulking, physical... Like a, team, like a team like the Tennessee Titans, if they didn't get into the game they got in last week, I do think eventually, if that game could have just stayed close and they could have stayed with it, you're going to bust a run. Just like I told you with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys... Ezekiel like, ran the ball seventeen times for eighty five yards. Like he was having a successful day. They just fell down because they missed some fourth and ones and, and luck'll do that. And, to you. And, well, right. And remember, their, the the Cowboys messed up some fourth and twos and they had the field goal. Block, so they fell behind and then couldn't really stay consistent with the run either. Um, but I don't either. Either way, all I'm saying is I don't think the Texans will be able to run the on the ball in the Colts. Period. Bar none. Now, the. Secondary for the Colts is solid. It's nothing special. I like them, um, but they are going to have to do something, in my opinion, special to stop DeAndre Hopkins. You know, and they don't have to double them, but you have to do something where, okay, if you're going to play zone defense and do all of that and have the corner play over the top, then you better have a linebacker always flying out underneath to stop some back shoulders or the hitch routes or anything like that. Um uh, I'll go with something what my dad said yesterday in our in our breakdown podcast a little bit, and I think that r- runs true too. The one thing I worry about with the Colts defense against the Texans is like my dad said, what do you say, chasing cars or whatever? I do worry about that with the Colts defense. They are a little over aggressive at times. Mm. They're young.
0: That was what I was going
1: to. They want to attack the, the football, right? They want to go after so. That will be something I look at too to go, okay. The first time, you know, Watson fakes the ball to Lamar Miller, is he going to come out the backside in a bootleg and be totally scot free? And they're going to be like, whoa, holy crap, he kept the ball. And then there's going to be a crosser running free. Those are the little things I worry about. And then I also worry about the X factor, which is Deshaun Watson. You know, again, to echo something my dad said again yesterday, uh, I'm going to say it again because it's true is, yeah, Deshaun Watson could get sacked 10 times in this game, but. He could also, on those 10 possible sacks, only get sacked twice and make eight amazing plays. And when we go, damn, they won the game. They were outplayed, and they had him bottled up, but he broke four tackles and made seven spin moves on those plays where they should have had sacks. Yeah. And he threw for 200 yards on those plays. I feel the same way about luck. But yeah, there's certainly. I get that. Uh, so that's uh, that would be the big thing to me, just on that side of the ball. Uh, but I think that's a fairly even matchup. And I will say this to add to that one one more thing about the Watson thing. I do think that Sean Watson will have a hard time scrambling, though, as long as they're not too far out of position. I really do. The one thing about the Colts is they're fast they on their athletes, front seven. Exactly right.
0: All their D linemen can have- run. They like even just like looking at Danico Autry's body, yes. I'm like well put together, dude. No,
1: no doubt about it. He's more of like a DN Do they like, play a D
0: tackle. Margus Hunt right. is a is like an extra in Game of Thrones. And I look at him and I go where is he putting 300? Yeah, I know. It's like in his arms, and his shoulders, right. and it's like well displaced. Yes. But they all have good legs. They all have good legs. Asan Ridgeway, we know about. Right,
1: Sheared can run. Yeah. You know, you got your Kamiko Therese, you got your Taekwondo. And Lewis's. we know about
0: Maniac. You got your, yes. I mean, Darius Leonard is sitting there going, exactly. I'm eating Deshaun Watson's bones. And on I feel
1: the same thing with Neil Walker. The, uh, is it Neil Walker? or Whatever, it's Paul Walker. Walker. Paul Walker. Number just 50? It's no, it's not. he R.I.P. Paul R.I.P. R.I.P. Walker. R.I.P. But number 50 Walker, I'm blanking on his first name, but I Know he's 15 and I know it's Walker. I think you're wrong. I want to say Neil. I don't know why. But either way, he is just a step slower than Darius Leonard. Anthony. Anthony, there it is. Tony Walker. Tony, Tony, you Tony Walker. But um, yeah, so those are the things that I think are intriguing to me about the matchup overall. I'm gonna wrap it up. I'm making my pick here, right? And doing everything. You're making your pick. Okay. So um let me just make sure. Okay. I am putting five hundred. (laughs) Wow. And $80. And 80 Yep. Yes, 580 on the Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Yep. I think the Indianapolis Colts are going to win this game 31-27. to And the game is about, I, you know, I don't even know who I'm rooting for. I think I'm rooting for the Houston Texans, just so everybody knows out there. I'm just going to tell you. I, I think I am. Just because I like Deshaun Watson. I like Billy O'Brien. I don't know. I don't know if I'm definitely rooting for them, but I feel like I am. But this is a horrible matchup. I never know until a game comes on. You know that.
2: So you do have a vested horse
1: in this game then? I don't know if I do. I, playoff games are weird yeah, to me. That, that. I go, <laughs> Vested horse. I can go into a game and go, I'm rooting for this team. And a game start, and I go, huh, I'm not rooting for them. I don't know why. But... I'm
0: solely based on who I bet on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to give you like my stream of consciousness. Yeah. I kind of just wrote down everything as I was going through how I pick games. Right. Um, so the first thing I did was look at, um, uh, uh, oh, by the way, I heard that you said this before youth believe that if the Texans can sack Andrew oh, Luck yeah. four times. I
1: say four times or more, then that bodes well that they can win the football. So game. I
0: looked it up. The game the Texans beat the Colts this year, yeah. they sacked them four times. Right. The game they lost, they sacked them two.
1: Yeah. Just a little That's interesting. That's funny. I, I I totally, I pull those numbers out of my ass. We know. Okay. Um, but they're right a lot of kidding. the times. That's what I mean because it was just a rough estimate of how. First I feel. thing
0: I wanted to do was go. I looked at the last game. And yeah. I went, damn. T. Y. Hilton had 199 yards and no touchdowns. Do you know how much you have to beat a team's ass and not <laughs> score and get 199 yards? That was incredible. Also, the Colts had five sacks in that last game. And I looked and I went, wow, DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson tried to get it to him ten times and he only caught four. And I said, how does Hopkins do against the Colts? Because sometimes receivers have big games against other teams. We learned that this year with A.J. Green against the Ravens. Sure, When A.J. Green plays the Ravens, big things happen. And I also wanted to know, Sims always says team should double team what uh, Hopkins. Let's see how the Colts do. Right. In the 11 games Hopkins has faced the Colts, he's only had two games of 100 or more yards. Mm. In those 11 games, he's only scored three touchdowns. Right. They were in the last three. So overall, the Colts, yes. playing the Texans every year, twice a year, seems to hold Hopkins in check, which is a very good thing. The games in Houston, though, never forget that. Houston, in that Week 14 game, really dominated the first 22 minutes of that game when you look back. And then they let up 17 straight points. T.Y. Hilton is a huge problem for Houston. Mm -hmm. He's a little bit banged up right now. But I don't believe there's anyone in the Texans that can run at the gear that T.Y. Hilton can. When you watch him play, Jonathan Joseph can't catch him, Kareem Jackson can't catch him, and Tyron Matthews always kind of one step behind him. I went back and looked. T.Y. Hilton has played about 180 games in his NFL career. Of the top four performances in terms of receiving yards, three of them are not just against Houston. They were in Houston. Wow. 2018 this this year, nine catches, 199 yards. Last year, five catches, 175 yards and two touchdowns. And by the way... The quarterback was Jacoby Brissett that game. And 2014, nine catches, 223 yards, and one touchdown. Here's what's wild. In 2013, he went seven for 121 and three in Houston. Mm. 2015, he went five for 88 with Matt Hasselback as his quarterback. And then in 2012, three for 78 and one touchdown. He's really never had a bad performance. Right. In Houston, he right. always goes off. It's a matchup thing. Houston's offense, the last time they played, let the defense down a number of times. The yeah. defense gets stops and stops, but you can't keep hoping for your defense to stop Andrew Luck. No. And the Houston's offense being basic, Every I went back and watched three Houston games. It's either wide receiver screens to Hopkins or Demarius and hoping they break something off. It's either a deep ball on the sideline to Hopkins and just going 50-50. Or it's, I really hit Lamar Miller, hits a gap. Right, I really hope Lamar Miller hits a yeah, gap. Yeah, that's right, and that's their whole offense, or Watson running around the and side, just
1: making a play happen. Making but you're right, a- that's the whole offense. And and I didn't get to this point, just and I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's I'm doing wild. it, so fuck it's off, okay? I owe kidding. you. You're you're up in that department like nine thousand to four. So, but the that is a part that I think is interesting. You said about how they get the ball and what they do on offense, and especially the Hopkins part. Right, it's down the sidelines right. or a back shoulder contested throw the Colts corners even though they're not great they're solid the one thing they have is size and strength mm. A- everything except the kid um 27 which i always blank on his name it's I, got all right, I got it here too or no it's 23 it's it's Kenny Moore other than him the other guys have great size and physical strength so Hopkins can't mm. necessarily dominate them at the line of scrimmage like he can most corners I Thanks you for your help though no
0: I problem. also look at this game yeah and This, the last time they played, Indianapolis jumped on the lead, Mm -hmm. Houston started making a comeback, because I wrote this down in all capital letters, no matter what is going on in a game, Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson can bring you back. It is incredible. Mm -hmm. He takes one step, and I looked at the score, and they were down 10, and they're right back in it. Right. The thing is, though, this was the game where Jadavian Clowney jumped off sides. We're sitting at two minutes left. It's third and four. Andrew Luck is under center, and he gets Clowney to jump. Right. Because in my mind, that's the game that we're going to have on Saturday. Yeah. In a crucial time of the game, will Watt and Clowney get to Luck? And so the fact that the last game he got bit for offsides— Clowney is going to be more motivated than ever. I would because if that ball got back into Sean Watson's hands, I had a lot of confidence they were going to score. Sure, I forgot because I didn't really watch that game. I went back and watched Texans Jaguars, right? And I went, damn, Bortles even had a few opportunities to beat them deep in that game. No doubt about it. Like, and he just missed them. Missed them. He really did. Yep. Also, at the end of that game, mm-hmm. Watson converted four straight third downs to waste six minutes in that game. So they were operating at a very high level, just in terms of their offense and sure. being comfortable, good tight end usage, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It came down to this statistic, though, that blew me away. Yeah. Andrew Luck, this entire season, has been sacked 18 times. Right. In the last Four weeks. Yeah. Deshaun Watson has been sacked twenty-one times. Yeah, right. In the end, I have more confidence that the Colts are going to win this game. I have more f- confidence in the coach. I have a lot of confidence in Eberflus looking at the Texans' offense and deducing it down to what it is. I agree. I have the Colts winning thirty-one to thirty, and I am putting ten dollars on the Colts.
1: <laughs> That's a tight
0: one. <laughs> the other random factoid that I have from this game. Yeah. There are seven teams in the NFL whose cities the first letter is shared by nobody. Atlanta shares A with Arizona. Philadelphia shares P with Pittsburgh. Do not pull up the teams right now. There are seven teams. Two of them are outliers. Oakland shares their O with nobody. Washington shares their their W W with nobody. But there are five letters right in the middle, all next to each other. That are all individuals. G-I-H-G-H-I-J-K. What do you know? Green Bay, Houston, Indy, Jacksonville, Kansas City. They're the only five. They're all next to each other. And I always think when those teams play each other, it's a great battle. Houston Indy, H versus I, the battle of the alphabet. I had a daddy cigar when I made my picks last night. Can you tell? I was sitting there looking at NFL Jesus and being like, what do you know? They're neighbors, Houston and Indy, uh, yes.
2: right in the middle of the alphabet. Deep dive. <laughs> Very deep dive. Yes, out of Lefkoe Field. Super out of <laughs> uh, Anything else on this game before we
0: move on? No. Nope. Um, I I am going to say this. Yeah. You have 580 on Indy. Yeah. I know who I'm rooting for.
2: Yeah. I'm rooting
0: there? for the Houston Texans. Right. The Houston Texans. Uh, because the, the true thing is the reason that I only put $10 on this game yeah. is at home, Deshaun Watson, right. a veteran team, like you said, having already lost to that team at that place, and also, man, I just the 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 JJ Watt Jadavian Clowney sure. shit. But oh, I, I I really
2: like the Colts. Do here. you want to do your two quick questions before we move on? Yeah. What scares you the most? All right about, about your, your pick?
1: Ba- oh, about my pick, um, Deshaun Watson, and what in the end
0: convinced you, you know what, no, I'm still going with this pick. The
1: Eberfluss-Frank Reich factor. I just think they're just I'm going to give them the edge on both sides where I just go, I'm, I, I like what they do on that side of the ball, game planning wise. I'm always excited to see what Frank Reich's going to do mm. like, with his approach on a weekly basis. I would say ever since about the midway point of the year, I was like Oh, damn. I mean, I, I found it fun as an ex-quarterback to watch Frank because I was like, they always got like five or six like aggressive throws down the field and they find a cool way to do it, whether it's formation or, Ooh. you know, a design that I haven't seen, whatever it is. Those are the things I think that put me over the edge. What
0: is really funny is, let me ask you both, this is a media NFL discussion I will discussion say that question. as I sit
1: here, I feel less – I at some point feel less confident about my Colts. Yes! Well, I worry about any of them because just, I just – I. Yeah, just they're not a perfect team, but yeah. I,
0: I have a question and I, right. I have two questions. Mm-hmm. My media NFL question is a lot of people when they're on TV or they're talking about their picks will go, Well, you know, I picked Houston as my Super Bowl team, so I gotta have them win in this game. Yeah. Picked Super- Houston as my Super Bowl team. I did not pick Houston Yo, good. was job. I supposed to.
2: No. 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 Ride
0: you pick this week. When you hear someone do that, what do you think about them as a broadcaster?
2: Super Bowl picks preseason or dumb. I think so, that they're I don't know. Yeah. It's kinda of, kinda of being like, you know,
0: I was pretty smart four months ago. Right. Yeah. And a whole lot shit's changed in those yeah. four months. And I just, just I feel like anytime I watch a CBS, uh, Fox, like any of those, they're like, "Well, you know, I made this decision four months ago." So I'm going to with... stand by it. Yeah, yeah. that's a no. good way to go through life. And then uh, I cannot remember my other question.
2: Eight fifteen Saturday night, the Seattle Seahawks visiting the Dallas Cowboys. Go, Spread Texans. in this game is Dallas minus one point five. Weather in Dallas on Saturday, 66 and sunny, Chris. 66 and sunny. Okay, Dallas. Do they, do they open their roof there or that doesn't open? Now? No, it does.
1: It does open, yeah. It's, it so does. weather
2: could be a factor, 66 so they, and sunny. They can put
1: the hole in the roof on the top so Jesus and God can see. Would
0: you on Saturday or would you keep it closed if you were facing the Seahawks near the Cowboys? And it's
1: 66 out? Um, I would do whatever makes the stadium loudest. Then I, I would, would close the top. Yes, right. So that's probably what I would God, do.
0: that was a good answer. Thanks. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, I wonder if Dak likes a little breeze in his bag.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, if I'm there, the Cowboys, I'm just going, I want it to be loud. I've never been to that stadium. Uh, in your life? No. No, I've never been. I have been there, well, there well, multiple times. I know. I was new, and I kind of just missed it on my way out. And uh, You know the game that I saw there? What?
0: The My first time, my experience, right. experience there was Texas-Nebraska Big oh, 12 championship yeah. game.
1: Yeah, Colt McCoy
2: throwing
0: and it da, out. And Sioux gets four and a half sacks and seven tackles for loss.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Four and a half sacks in one game. It was incredible. Yeah, that was And incredible. then Colt McCoy threw it out and it hit a railing. Yes. And that gave them enough time for yeah,
1: the field
2: goal.
0: That wasn't – I don't remember the field goal kicker's name. It wasn't Tucker, but he hit it. Was it, it not Tucker? It was not Tucker. Are you sure? Positive. Are you sure? Are we, we sure? sure? I'm almost positive.
1: Damn, that was 2009. Because I've, I've looked it up.
0: Yeah, I was in Nebraska.
1: Seahawks,
2: Cowboys, break it down. Are right, you going to tell us who the kicker was, though? Yeah, I'm looking it up. Okay. 2009 kicker. I feel like it was just a uh, Let's see. Hunter Lawrence. Damn it. Good job, Lefka.
0: I'll tell you what, though. Hunter Lawrence, that kid was born to kick at Texas. <laughs>
2: um, I don't remember. I bet
0: you his hair swooped to the side, too. Well,
1: that's most most southern schools Nice in puffy
0: vest and... Uh, are those boat shoes? Oh man. Okay. <laughs> all
1: right, you done now?
0: Yeah. All right. Is that a
1: gingham shirt under that vest? What is that?
0: It's like a that design. It's like a box. It's pretty much like the shirt Josh is wearing.
2: Oh. I don't know if this okay. is gingham.
1: All right. Dallas. Dallas Cowboys. Here we go. Seattle Seahawks. Okay. Here we go. Um All right, let's go. I think the the thing I would start off with is the Seattle defense versus the Cowboys offense. Um I think the first thing is this. I would start by saying this, and the thing that I would like, that I do think that Dallas is going to play this way. I think this is the reason you've heard me say it. I think this is why we saw Dak Prescott play last week, and their offense do what they do, because I think they're trying to build on their pass game, which has had some success as of late. So I would be shocked if the Dallas Cowboys just came out and were like, here's Zeke run in the middle. I mean, this is the Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll. He's old school. His first thing is all week going to be stop Ezekiel. Stop Ezekiel. We're going to stop the run. We're going to put eight people by the line. Yeah. of scrimmage. They're going to be foaming at the math for that. And Ezekiel, it's also made comments during the week that he expects his heaviest workload of the year and he feels as good as he's felt all year. And the O-line, a few of them have said things like that. So just from that base premises, I do think that Dallas realizes too that if they want to go to the Super Bowl, they do need that passing element And they no longer can have this old school Dak Prescott quarterback approach of just, you know, running on first, running on second, bail us out on third. So I think they'll find a way to boo legs, play actions, screens, cheap ways to get him completions to get him going early on. Okay? I look at the Seahawks' defense, and there's a lot of good. And everything in Seattle is going the right way. But there's just a lot of solid and good. I just would hope everybody knows that. There's things that are promising for the future. But the only really two above-average things in the Seattle Seahawks' defense where I would go, it's past really good and it's special, is two players. I was going to say their linebacker. Right, Wagner and Frank Clark. Those are the two guys Those that are, are the true two. difference makers. You know, Jerron Reed's a fine player. Don't get me wrong. Tedrick Thompson at safety. I'm not even sure of his health status. What about this KJ week. Wright? Yeah, good. Not the player he once was, but still good. What but, about Puna Ford? Yeah, moments, but still not where I'm going to go. No, Frank Clark and Wagner can take over again. They they can make plays to change a football game. So yeah, I look at it that way. But I do think at the end of the day that with da- with Seattle's defense. And the way they play on the road, okay, that's concerning because that's a real thing. Uh, And the fact that, you know, a lot of the prime Dallas starters and their O-line, Ezekiel, are going to be healthy. I do think Dallas is going to be able to run the ball on the Seattle Seahawks. I would be shocked, really. You You know my thought as this is already. I just look at these teams. They're very similar. They do want to win the battle up front. Uh, I understand all of that. Um, But I also look into the fact of where we've heard the thing about Dak Prescott, right? It's, oh, they're only good against man-to-man, and we've talked about that a little bit. Well, a lot of the times, I do think Seattle's pass defense plays into the hands of Dallas because a lot of the times it ends up playing like man-to-man. Even though it's zone. you can get certain concepts that play man-to-man, and I think that favors Dallas and what they go against as well.
0: Is it fair to say that in the cover three because the corners drop back and their backs face the quarter, quarterback. Yeah. There's opportunities for a lot of back shoulders. There
1: definitely is. It depends how they play it. If they play the cover three the true way. Because yeah, they've been mixing it up lately. They've been mixing it up. If they play it the true way their backs should always be turned to the sidelines and then they oh. can see the quarterbacks, right? But they will play some man-to-man. But their corners they're just, they're average guys. They're and nothing one special. One of their safeties,
0: Hill, is now on IR.
1: Delano Hill, is yeah. it? They are right, so they're beat up. They are beat up, right? Okay, so I just look at that, and that's a little concerning to me with Seattle's defense, which let's not—they have not been extraordinary. I mean, I don't know, you know, last week they let up points the Kansas City scored points. The 49ers beat them by 3 and scored 26 on them. I know they had a good showing against Minnesota the week before that, and it looks on paper like they had a good showing the week before that against San Francisco at home when they won 43 to 16. And I promise you everybody out there that the 49ers moved the ball up and down the field on Seattle and just messed up certain situations or fumbled or turned it over or missed a field goal or dropped a punt. It was all those type of things. But that's that side of the ball. And then when I flip it over to the other side of the ball, you know, this is what the first thing I worry about here in this game. I mean, you're going to see the Dallas Cowboys, New Orleans Saints defense. That's who you're going to see. You're going to see that Fucking crazed motherfuckers going crazy, foaming at the mouth. You're going to see that for the next three weeks of the Dallas defense. There, there's just at a, least one week. Yeah, I think you're going to see it all three weeks. Now, I'm not saying they can win those games all weeks, but they will be able. You
0: just able said to, the Cowboys are going
1: to the Super. Bowl. Well, no, I mean just if they if that happened, they can they can, can get, get, get to a championship Instagram. game. Chris yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sims says Cowboys. Cowboys will be crazy motherfuckers.
0: Yep. Got yeah, it. Crazy MF run to Super Bowl
1: yeah, for the next three weeks. They th- they do scare me there. Okay, we know that the Seahawks want to run the football and uh, and do that style of football game. That I just don't see them being able to run successfully on the Dallas Cowboys throughout the game. They might have a few here and there because they do have some size advantages. Uh, you know when the, if they can get Dallas in the pass rushing O line or the smaller unit that's on the field, but. At the end of the day, too, if that happens, I don't worry for Dallas because if Dallas has to go man-to-man and play the Seattle offense man-to-man, they can do it. They can do it enough if they feel compromised in the run. They can do it all game long if they want to. This Dallas secondary is really good, and the Seahawks receivers are good but not great, and their offensive pass scheme is just good, not great. So I don't even know if—I don't think they have enough to expose Dallas if they play too much man, Okay. Now, the other thing I would say this. The Seattle pass protection is still not great. It's not. It's nothing special, and that scares me. And they try to do their best to not really have them to be in that type of football game where he drops back a lot and does that. I do think Dallas is going to get pressure on him throughout the game, and I think they'll be able to do it with four. And I also think that Russell Wilson, who does not scramble as much this year as in years past, I think even if he scrambles in this game, it's, it's going to be tough sledding. There's just too much speed in the front seven of the Dallas Cowboys. Those two linebackers, and they play zone a lot, but even if they play man, they're going to have somebody there watching Russell Wilson. They are going to run Russell Wilson down. I mean, Vander Esch and Jalen Smith will chase him down. And I do think the guys on the edge can chase him down, whether it's Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, and those kind of guys. Now, where I do worry about it is Dallas is so freaking crazy and kamikaze at times that they do fall out of pass rush lanes and do shit like that. And then all of a sudden you go, there's Russell Wilson. He just stepped up in the pocket, and he ran for 35 yards, and that's all he did because, you know, some guy was just like, oh, I got to get the sack. Rod Marinelli's yelling at me. Uh, That's what I worry about with Dallas because they're like a bunch of You know, meatheads that way. Um, But I think, let me just look at my notes to make sure I didn't miss anything here that I wanted to talk about. But I think at the end of the day, again, my base thought goes back to this. They are similar teams. They are really based on the same principles. Beat you up up front. Let's be sound. Let's not mess it up. Let's let the other team mess it up. Let's hustle to the football and know our details. Except there's one team at home, and there's one team that I believe is head and shoulders more talented than the other. Okay, Lefko. And because of that, I am going $1,000 on the Dallas Cowboys because I believe this may be the biggest point spread of the game. Go, Dallas Cowboys! We got the Long Horse. Long Horse won the other night. Now we can go get Dallas one. Yeah! Let's go, Dallas Cowboys! How about David Cowboys? But can I, can I, I'm going to pick a 27-17. to 17.
0: I have one question for yeah. you. Did the the notion that you're picking Dak and yes. Jason Garrett over Russell Wilson and yeah. Pete Carroll into your brain. Definitely
1: scared me. It was the only thing that scared me in this match. Scary. That scares me. Along with, like I told you, the pass rush moving out of their lanes and Russell. Though, if you ask me two things.
0: Because I would say to you that the thing that scares me the most is Seattle's playoff experience yes, I get you. and their their willingness to bootleg and roll him out could have huge like i'm just envisioning tyler lockett scoring right
1: it. i don't worry about them being out of position on those type of plays i'm more worried about the, the true drop back pass and all of a sudden the dn who's supposed to come around the Lawrence edge
0: flies he up flies field.
1: inside and all of a sudden they got two guys in the b gap and then, then russell wilson just like makes one move and he's like nobody's here i'm gone guys and Russell Wilson does that run where
0: he's not really that fast, but he still gets. Like but you're 50 like, damn, ice. he's still got thirty five yards, right? Yeah, he runs like a Mario character. Yeah. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me go through. Um, I went back and I rewatched Week Three. Right. So Seattle's zero and two, Dallas is one and one. It was like looking back at weight loss before photos. Right. Where you're like, this person doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> right. Right. Like the Cowboys' offense was so bad yeah. and had no identity. Right. And two high-ranking weapons for the teams were Brandon Marshall and um, Young. The or no uh, Taven Austin. <laughs> Brand, like those were the two big weapons for the opposite teams.
1: Right. Ezekiel was still playing himself into game shape. Earl Thomas had two insane
0: interceptions: the one to seal the game, and one in the beginning that he caught on his oh, foot. Oh, that
1: was amazing! Right,
0: that person doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, right. So it was very funny to go back and watch. Yeah. Zeke stepped out on a huge touchdown where he just went up the sideline. Yep, remember um, that. The D, the next drive, led up this huge touchdown to Tyler Lockett on a bad assignment. They're down fourteen to three. Right, and. Then then, at the end of the half, Randy Gregory punches a guy in the face, setting up a bass field goal. So Dallas was down 17-3, to which is the worst possible start possible in a matchup between two similar teams. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually going to yield a little bit of my time to ask you a question. Yeah. In a game in which time of possession and setting the tone is the most important thing, how do you figure out in your mind who's going to set the tone? Yeah, like when you're looking at a game like this, yeah, because that, that's my big question, and I don't know how to do
1: it exactly right. And I said them, and yours at the was end.
0: Dallas is going to come out like Dallas a crazy... is at
1: home, so they have the crowd to do that, and I do believe they are a notch above Seattle. Like talent wise,
0: that was my big question. So,
1: those are the things I would hang my hat on to go. I think they can impose their will mm. on the other team.
0: Because as Dallas was making a comeback, right. Seattle spread out Dallas in the second half and kind of diced them up quick yeah. throws across the middle on the outside, Doug Baldwin, and then power runs up the middle. Right. And I saw that, I went, ooh. That's the way that Seattle could attack this Dallas defense. Mm-hmm. It's the way the better offenses have. Spread them out and kind of outside all that stuff. Zeke had a huge run at the end of that game and fumbled it. He had like oh a my hundred, gosh, he had like a 150 that. yards, right. and he didn't have a good game. Right. He could have destroyed that mm-hmm. team. I went back and I looked at Seattle's last game against Arizona. Right. I didn't get to watch the game. Yeah. I wanted to see how it went. Uh-huh. You know what I saw? What? I saw Russell Wilson get sacked six times. Yeah. I saw their special teams get blown up. Like two punt blocks, like a number of other special teams issues, but Russell Wilson got sacked six times. Yes. And this is a much less athletic defense of line, at least than Dallas is. Yeah. Not
1: as deep, not so, as good, any of it.
0: So then I went, Well, how has Russell Wilson done against Dallas? Let right. me just check that out. Yeah, sure. The record looks good. Yeah. Four and one. 2-0 and in Dallas. The one game the one game that he lost, he had 93 passing yards was and two the touchdowns.
1: That was Tony Romo, that was what, 2014?
0: In the five games against Dallas, yeah. Russell Wilson has never thrown for over 210 yards in any game. Yeah. So he's never been a big Russell Wilson performance. Then I went and looked, well how has Dak done against Seattle? Everyone tells me he's really bad against zone. Dak against Seattle is 0-2. One of those games was in Dallas. One of those games was in Seattle. Oh, that's right. The game in Seattle this year, he went 168, one touchdown, two interceptions. Again, Awful game flow for Dak. Yes. You're, like, down 17-3. to three. It's the worst game. Like, I don't even yeah. count it. And
1: he wasn't playing good at that point.
0: The other game was 2017. Mm-hmm. In Dallas, he threw for 182, 181, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Not a great game. Let me go back and check that game out. Watch that game. 2017 game. It was week 16. Right. Both teams were 8-6. and six. So this was last year, yeah. fighting for the playoffs. Both finished nine and seven. Right. Neither team made the playoffs. Right. But this was a game with a lot on the line sure. in Dallas. Maybe I can glean something mm-hmm. from it. If you remember this game. Yeah. Dallas starts the game dominating early. Right. With four minutes left in the second quarter. They're up six nothing, but they've dominated, dominated the game. Yeah. yeah. Des Bryant fumbles. Ooh. Seattle goes, get right. some points. Dak throws a very bad pick six in which he kind of floats it over the defender. The corner jumps into the Salvation Army bucket. Uh, the, his other interception was just a deflection off a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But I looked at that team and I went, See, that looked like the Dallas offense that I saw in week three. That's not the same one. It was Zeke coming off his suspension and all that stuff. No
1: Colombo as the old line coach. Dallas settles for four
0: field goals in that game. That was also when, I believe, the beginning of the end for their field goal kicker they cut. He missed that crucial fifth field goal to bring them within. But either way, I went, this one felt a little misleading too. But I like that Dallas jumped all over them early. Mm Mm-hmm. I asked myself how how does Russ do in wild card away games? Mm. Because how many wild card away games has he played? Two? Well, he's had set, he's had um
1: I'm just guessing, but I thought maybe In playoff
0: card. games. Yeah. Russell Wilson is 5 and 0 at home. Right. He's 2 and 3 on the road. In his two wild card away games, they beat the Vikings 10-9. Oh. On I the mean, missed field goal. Yes. Where Russell Wilson really didn't do, do anything, anything all game. Right. And the defense really got him there. Right. And the other one was the win in Washington.
1: Oh, that's right. Which I believe was the RG three injury game. Um it was. You're exactly right. It was.
0: Didn't play that great. Didn't yeah. play bad. Right. Didn't play that great.
1: Right. No, this is the, yeah. Then the next week they went to Atlanta and lost there.
0: And then I thought, okay, well look, Seattle's much better at home. Their last five games, four of them have been at home. They haven't even been on the road a lot in the yeah. last few weeks. Yeah. Um, And then the one thing that no one's talking about, and you popped into my head. Dak in the playoffs. When Dallas played Green Bay, Dallas was coming off of a bye. It was Dallas's only playoff game that year. Yeah. Dak Prescott, in his only playoff game, Threw for 302 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Yeah. An amazing game. Mm -hmm. And you know why you popped into my head? Because when Aaron Rodgers threw that pass to Jared Cook, we were watching that game in this fucking office, and you went, Dak had an amazing game, and no one will remember it. You said, no one will remember it. Well, I'm fucking remembering it. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I have the Dallas Cowboys winning this game, and I'm putting fifteen hundred and
1: seventy dollars on this motherfucking
2: game.
1: That's so crazy. What would have happened? What
2: would have happened?
0: Did you see? Can I tell you the best part about that whole thing? Yeah, was when you made your pick. Josh was looking at me. <sighs> I didn't because I, I
2: know what's coming. And
0: I
1: sold it, didn't I? You sold it really I well. Sold it nice really job, buddy.
2: Thank the you. the um.
1: Oh, yeah, that 100. actually makes me feel good. It kicks the pressure off me in that game. Puts all the pressure on the Colts. It does. The fact that I'm getting... But do you know what's crazy is like... It's the only game I felt comfortable in. It's... And
0: this is what's crazy to me. Let me yeah. just wrap it up yeah, really yeah. quick. It's scary because I have lost a lot of these bets over the years betting against the Seahawks in the playoffs. Yeah, The Detroit game comes to mind right away. Right, Where we thought Detroit was going to go up there and beat them. Right. But I felt confident... Because the game is in Dallas, right. and that's the big thing. What scared me about this is I looked it up. The Giants this season, when allowing a hundred or more rushing yards, excuse me, the Cowboys like this the season, when allowing a hundred or more rushing yards, are one in five. Mm. Their one win was last week against the Giants. Okay, And so I'm a little bit worried. It's the reason I asked you this question in the beginning is I believe if Dallas can set the tone, which is what didn't happen earlier this year. They didn't score enough points in their big 8-6 and game last year. If they can set the tone and Russell Wilson has to run around with that D-line, I'm going to be at home, sitting back, feeling great. But if Dallas gets down 14 nothing, I'm freaking out, man. Yeah,
1: of course you are. I mean, if that happens, then their only way to win is going to be by like one point. I
0: just I felt a lot of confidence with Amari Cooper against this banged up secondary. I felt really good that Zeke was the one getting the rest. I felt really good that when I looked at Seattle's defense, they didn't travel well on the road. I get very concerned that I believe the three headed monster of Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, and you're going to say I'm crazy. Michael Dixon is amazing for a matchup like this. I get you. You have a coach that's willing to risk it all against a coach in Jason Garrett that plays sometimes like he's scared. Right. You have a quarterback in Russell Wilson that's not going to force it and can make magic, and Dak, we haven't seen him in this situation yeah, a lot. Right. And when I think about Michael Dixon and pinning Dak back, that scares me. Yeah. And that's my fear. I get you. I was in the shower with no music on going, Seattle, Dallas,
1: Seattle, Dallas. Well, no, the, the funny thing is, is I... Was very close to going fifteen eighty on the Dallas Cowboys. Fifteen seventy, I mean, yeah, wow. I really was. I mean, I, there was when we walked. Are you out, jealous? Well, I mean, I almost <laughs> feel like I still want to change it. I'm almost like yeah, I too late can, now. Can, too well, late. No, no.
0: can I tell you why I did my strategy? Yeah. You have a four hundred dollar lead on me, right? I figured you might go four hundred across the board. Yeah. When you did that first bet, I went shit because I need some of the craziness to happen. Right. I need to load up. So really what it comes down to right now is go Texans and go Cowboys. You're In right. a weird way, you got to root against the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I don't have to. I mean, if if my first game comes out the right yeah, way. Yeah, if you
0: hit both, we're right back where we are, started next okay. week. Okay,
1: but you're right. If it goes the other way, then I'm I'm going to root for the Cowboys to win by one point. It's actually
0: a really good betting situation for me. I'm actually kind of covered. But
1: All right, guys. Yeah, you are. You're we're right. moving on good next analysis, game here. though. That felt good. You are good. You are covered. It's funny that we thought the same thing. And I think most people are going to chicken out on that bet during the game or during the week. And that's the one I looked at. And I, What the hell do I know about betting, anyways? I'm just saying. No, but I think it's going to make you look like you want to chicken out. Uh, but there's one team that's clearly better than the other, in my opinion. And what
0: was the line we got on that?
1: One and a half. One and a half.
0: Well, oh, and my score, what was your score?
1: I, I pick, only did twenty three to twenty. I 27 twenty seven seventeen. I, I have twenty three
0: thirteen with like the the famous Russell Wilson touchdown with one fifteen le- left right. and without getting the kickoff onside.
2: I hear you. Yeah. All right, guys, moving on. Next game here Sunday at one o five. The Los Angeles Chargers wow. on wow. the road visiting the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, kind of spread in this game is Baltimore like minus two team. and a half. And weather in Baltimore on Sunday, Chris fifty two and sunny. 52 and sunny.
1: That's good for them. LA and Baltimore. That's fine. I mean, man, 52. That's, that's as good as it's they can nice root day. for right there. What the hell? Climate change is an issue in the playoffs right 52. away. 52.
0: You know what's funny, too? Is I think I, I, I'll do my shit after.
1: Yeah. Um, no, go ahead. And say it. What did you want to say? I'll, Nothing? I'll All right. Hurt. All right. Um. Chargers defense, Ravens offense. Okay. <sighs> when I went back... And watch this game a little bit. And I know we talked about this yesterday. Two things jumped out to me. Okay? I will say this. Three things jumped out to me. Sorry. (laughs) The first one is, and we talked about it yesterday, is the Chargers defense. Chargers defense um, was not pushed around as much as I remembered watching on TV. uh, Or just remembered in general watching that football game. Yes, there were some moments where the Ravens gashed them up the middle and everything, but as the game went on, I mean, the interior offensive line for the Los Angeles Chargers played pretty damn good, okay? And they really, I mean, they played very good. They were not dominated. In fact, I would say it was very close to a stalemate as far as the run game goes in that matchup, which is I, crazy to say.
0: I find it so genuinely uh, warming, that you and your dad went and watched the game and said, well, Dad on, my, my eyes have deceived me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw a different game that actually existed.
1: Well, TV can lie, right? You just lose fact of TV of, like, what actually happened. Oh, they broke off a big run, and you think, oh, they're getting dominated. And you look back at the game and go, oh, well, Lamar kept it around the edge for 20. They didn't really – nobody got, like, beat up or physically killed, right? They just called the right play or whatever. Either way, hey, listen, Baltimore's offense and what they do, it is tough to deal with, but the Chargers – I was encouraged physically about what they did. They keep eight people at the line of scrimmage a ton. They tried to make a mess of things at times, too, with stunts just to, you know, kind of mess with the overall size of the Ravens because they can't match up always with the Chargers' speed on the defensive line. Um, But, yes, the Chargers hung in there better uh, against the power run plays than I gave them credit for. Um, The other thing that jumped out to me is – I don't know why, but I'm going to say, again, as they watch that game, I just didn't realize how like Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram whooped Orlando Brown's butt a little bit more than I ever expected really? in the past game. Yes. Now, they still got Lamar Jackson. It wasn't game changing, but it'd be something where Baltimore's going to watch that film this week and go, we can't leave Orlando out there. By himself all the time. Right, that's going to be tough.
0: If only they had four tight ends they could use.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) So that was another thing. That are all
0: 6'5", 290.
1: Other thing is the Derwin James factor. And I think this is a huge thing for the Chargers. As the game went on, they always put Derwin James to the side of the back and shotgun, right? And why they were doing that. They were doing that for one reason. Because they wanted to make sure Derwin was there one on one with Lamar when he kept the ball, and I got that's that was a big thing to me because Durman can handle Lamar. He's got enough speed. And, so you're telling so me if he's the running the back of, is on the right, right
0: or the running back's on the left, Durman would shadow that so that if there was an RPO, he's has his eyes only on Lamar. Jackson. He's
1: there to be that contained guy to go. Okay, there goes Gus Edwards. I'm on the side of the back. I know he's. Trying to go across the formation and make me go there. If
0: he does, I'll get him. Right. But if not, I'm here for Lamar.
1: Exactly. Right. He's the only thing. He's going to be there for Lamar. And then once he totally knows Lamar doesn't have the ball, which they're going to tell him to be like slow read it. Like when they say slow read, it, they're going to be like literally watch Lamar and for then three steps. Nod your head. And yeah, right. Like really make One sure he doesn't have the ball. Right. Two exactly. Then you could go back to your cutback lane. And to he's stop so
0: rangy and athletic that right. he'll be able to make a play.
1: I would agree. And, yes. they, and
0: they're going to go listen if the. The other ten guys don't stop them before you, then we fucked up. But we're sure you're going to get there after.
1: Eight. Yes, exactly right. So he's a X factor in this matchup. Just so from when that you standpoint. saw
0: that, that made you more confident, even though it didn't really work the first time.
1: Well, it, it did. When they started to do it, there was not oh, as they didn't much. Do it the whole game. No, they did not. It kind of became a thing as the game went on. Lamar kept the ball a few times, and it looked like they made a conscious effort to go. You know what, linebacker, you bump in. Derwin, you stay on the outside there and be there ready for Lamar if he does keep it. And I think that will be something they will do once again. The other thing I think that I should have said, four things that jumped out to me about this side of the matchup. I think the Chargers are probably going to watch back that film and go, damn, we should have played more man-to-man. And make Lamar Jackson make some throws.
0: The what were they playing on the Mark Andrews they touchdown? Just
1: your Seattle scheme, right? Really, really? Where he... so, like, there was like four guys chasing Exactly each other. right. It was all the underneath guys, and it was like just a three, you know, kind of an all-go, and he crossed on when the I deep When I watched
0: this game, I thought about you with this. Right. Why the fuck are the Chargers afraid of any of these receivers? Exactly right, right? Yes. Like, like, it's like the like Kansas City Chiefs
1: it... weren't the week before, remember? Exactly. Right. But
0: what, what, when I watched it, I went... I haven't seen Crabtree sneed
1: any of these guys yeah. make
0: one break right. and have more of more than a, a yard gap.
1: Right. I didn't see a gap. No, I know. So, so they
0: weren't playing that much man.
1: No, they were not playing a lot of man to man. If they
0: just manned up and had Derwin Spy,
1: I think that's what you're going to see more okay. of this time. I would imagine. I would imagine they're going to go. We're going to make Lamar Jackson make some tight throws. He's not going to get to like anticipate it into a window this game or throw a nice touch ball over the top to the Andrews like you're talking about. You know, so that's that side of the ball. Okay, now. The other, and so I do think Lamar is going to have to be sharp in this game for the Ravens to win this game. He's going to have to be sharp. It's not going to be able to. He's not going to be able to get away. I don't think this time of going like thirteen for twenty four for you know hundred ninety five yards. That that's not. I don't think that'll get it done. I really don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, now if I flip it to the other side and when I watch that, things that jumped out to me in this matchup about the Ravens D. Uh, versus the Chargers offense. First, the Ravens D is phenomenal. They are one of the few defenses in football that can match up across the board uh, man-to-man when they want to. And their Martindale's ability to dial up a blitz right at the right situation or go all-out blitz, even against an experienced quarterback like Phillip Rivers, since he doesn't do it a lot and he calls at the right time, it can catch guys like Phillip Rivers. But the big thing would be this is... And I know there was no Melvin Gordon. But... The, or Eckler. Yeah, or Eckler. The interior line of the Chargers is a little scary. I mean, it's a little scary, against these big fuckers we know in Baltimore, right? Okay, so that scares me. Um, they, screen game. We see the Chargers very good at screens. Like, the Ravens made it their point to go, that's not beating us. Like, we're not going to let those cheap freaking plays ruin this game for us. So that was taken away. And Phillip Rivers was as flustered as yes. I've ever seen him in the last two years. He was... One, I feel like a little intimidated by the fact that, damn, there's a lot of big people around me. All right, and he was a little jumpy in the pocket, and I mean Philip Rivers is almost never jumpy in the pocket. His first
0: half was super. Jumpy. Right,
1: and they took away some of his easy throws. I think a few times he went to read one, yep. read two, and they weren't covering. He goes, "Oh, my third little shallow cross or something could be open." My,
0: my late Trevor Williams
1: across exactly. the street was and they not always there. had a guy there, whether they zone blitz or drop somebody out. I feel, like, Chargers, I feel out. like
0: every Chargers pass play is a fan route. I feel like it's like one guy going deep, one guy going across, and one guy underneath.
1: they, they do a lot it of those. It just feels type like every play they do there. it. and they mix it up and do it that way with a lot of different combinations but you're right that's it's, that's definitely a base premises of what they do okay so that's another thing um, uh, so I guess here's the last thing I'll say to this just going back to a little bit about what the Ravens did on defense last week and what I saw too against the Browns. The Ravens last week had a hard time when the Browns went four receivers to a side. It could have been three receivers to a side with the back also offset off of Baker Mayfield to mm. a side, or just four receivers to a side. And it messed up the Ravens' rules a little bit. And Cleveland got a few completions. Uh-oh. And the Chargers. Is
0: there a team that's more capable of right, running The a Chargers
1: bunch do that. do that. They do it. They can do four to a side. So I would think they look at that and go, ooh, we can tinker with that, okay? Um, but. I guess the big thing I would say is I do think it's good that Phillip Rivers and this Ken Wisen and everybody got to see this defense once before, certainly. And I do think that Rivers either has to be ultra tough or just have a really good day of movement in the pocket if they want to win this game, okay? So at the end of the day, I am going with the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm only putting $10 on it, but I think the Chargers are going to win this game. Twenty to seventeen. Oh, don't fly by that little raven. I know it's meant for bugs, but you—you will get charged the fuck up. You better watch out. Twenty to seventeen charges. Tough one. Tough one.
0: So I looked at—I rewatched that last game, yeah. obviously—and yeah. a few things stuck out to me that I thought were huge benefits to the Ravens. I thought one was the playing surface in general. I thought it was a mess. And Baltimore just seemed, because they're a downhill running team, that it was their advantage. The Chargers were trying to cut. Wide receivers were falling all the time. It was just too much. The other thing, I think looking back, man... The Ravens got a lot of really big calls. Yes, they did. There was an early offensive pass interference on Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was a huge catch by Mike Williams, and they called another penalty on them there. Um, and then and then one time Mike Williams was running down the sideline and they didn't call PI at all. I just thought that a lot of the calls benefited uh the Ravens. Yep. Also, to what you were saying about the Lamar's gonna have to make big plays. Right. When I went back and looked, I forgot. The last like three drives of that game, the Chargers kind of figured out the Ravens exactly, offense right. and said, Lamar, you gotta beat us. Yeah. And if you remember, right. I believe like two or three of those drives ended in sacks in which Lamar was holding on to the ball right. and was indecisive and couldn't make a play. Yeah. And I remember thinking that game, this is the Chargers game to win. Yeah. They had a lot of big plays. They just had fumbles or dumb mistakes. You know, Justin Tucker, uh, was able to hit a few 50-yard bombs. Yeah, right, he really missed one. Right. I looked it up. In the wild-card round of the playoffs, John Harbaugh is 5-0, and mm. including on the road with a rookie, Joe Flacco. Yeah. John Harbaugh's made for this shit. He really is. I also looked and realized, because I saw some people talking about how Baltimore in the first half is a pretty good bet. Oh, right. In the last three games... The Chargers have only scored 17 points in those first halves combined. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the Baltimore Ravens have scored 36 points in the last first half. So it's an interesting bet to kind of look at. The Chargers have scored zero points in five of their last eight first quarters. So the Chargers have notoriously started slow, which is a very good game flow for a Ravens team that's going to want to establish the run and get it started early. But in the end, I looked at it, And I thought, it's John Harbaugh and Lamar versus Lynn and Wisenhunt and Phillip Rivers. I see the Ravens controlling this game, but I just don't see this offense making it big enough to stop Phillip Rivers on a mission. And I think at the end of the day... The Philip Rivers mission is a more powerful force in the ethos than the Lamar Jackson mission is. Yeah, right. And I'm taking the Chargers 20-19 to 19 because Justin Tucker is going to be kicking himself a lot of field goals in this game, and I'm putting $10 on the Chargers. Mm-hmm. It just Diego,
1: might be the last time. But it might be three more times. We don't know.
0: San Diego. Chargers! Charge! I believe that equal and opposite reactions happen. I believe that if you go one way, it's going to come back. And I feel like the Dallas-Seattle game went everything in Seattle's favor, and I see it coming back. And I think that a lot of the stuff went in Baltimore's favor. I think that the Chargers are a better team on the road. I could see Lamar starting this game off a little bit, kind of rusty Um, and and I do think that the depth of the athletes on the Chargers is going to be enough. Yeah, I hear you.
1: It's, I, I mean, I, I just can't did wait. not
0: want to bet against Philip Rivers. I, in this game.
1: I couldn't either. There's too many unknowns, and yeah, you got our young quarterback who and Lamar Jackson, who's still finding his way as a thrower and, and these type of situations. Yeah, I'm just going with Philip Rivers in this situation. I do think it's this is awesome. I love the fact that this is the third time or the second time they're playing in three weeks. What,
0: what makes it so great? about Because
1: like in the NFL, when you play a team like that like fresh still to remember it really becomes more personal it really does and these are teams that would take it personal yeah they're still going to remember things that were said to them on the field they're gonna be like that mother that that mother ever said this about me i'm on a more hey can we be real yeah we met out melvin ingram oh i mean
0: yes like do you know what he's gonna be like in this game i
1: mean i think he wants to whoop you just from the best friends episode still so he's a nut job right I'm in just, a good way. Oh, in a the perfect way. Right. And defensive and quarterback sacker way. I'm just
0: checking something really quick. Yes. Uh Phillip Rivers, I just looked up road playoff games. Just out on the, I'm just uh, I'm not coming with good or bad. He's two and three. He lost his last one, which was in 2014 at Denver, 17 mm-hmm. 24. Uh, he threw 217, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, the game before that, he was also on the road. Uh, I believe that was a wild card game. He beat Cincinnati 27 right. 10, 128, one touchdown, no interceptions. And then he went to Pittsburgh and threw 308, three touchdowns, one interception. He's really only had one bad
1: road playoff game. Was it the New England AFC Championship? It was the New, New England game he was AFC Championship. A 20-
0: so how about that? Yeah. 211, two, two interceptions, no touchdowns. Man, but I
1: remember that game. That was Rivers and Brady stunk it up in that game. But he, he, think
0: about yeah. this. is Phillip Rivers in the road in the playoffs for his career, that game he had a quarterback rating of 46. I think we can all excuse him since he had a torn ACL. Right. His other four games, these are his quarterback ratings in descending chronological order. 116, 119, 105, 133. Yeah, I know we don't put a lot of stock in the quarterback rating. No, ratings. but there's
1: something to be said. It's an it's a, it's a element you just take to, you know, make some points and, and just, yeah, there, there's things to be taken from that. Yes. I'm with you.
0: Alright guys, ready? Yeah. So why did we feel comfortable taking the quarterback there over Russell Wilson? It's just the overall team?
1: Yeah, I think it's the overall team. Like, I, I, don't, I don't I'm not, Dak Prescott's a little more advanced than Lamar Jackson, so that, that's what I would say there.
2: Gotcha. Um, yeah, and he's been in the playoffs before, right? And he's in his third year, right. fourth year. All right, guys, final game of the weekend here Sunday afternoon. I just made a typo on the yeah. sheet, so I fixed Stupid it.
1: Stupid little Joshie. Yep,
2: that is me. 4:40 uh, on Sunday <laughs> afternoon. The Chicago Bears hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Spread in this game is Chicago minus six. Weather in Chicago on Sunday: 41 is the high, and it will be cloudy. Yeah, um, it's perfect. Yeah, that's not too bad. And uh, what's the windy? What's the wind? Did it say 13 miles
1: per hour? Uh, Right. Out of the east. Not going to affect much there. Okay, so that's cool. That's you know sunrise
2: seven eighteen a.m. and then um well so this is going to be a night game. So what's the low for the day? What'd you say it was? Low is thirty nine. Right. Uh, okay. Could well. rain late in the afternoon. Oh geez. So. who does that help? Check that. Periods of rain after midnight, so no rain during Oh, no the rain. Okay, yep. thank you, weatherman. Thank yep. you, Sam Champion. Okay. Sunset, 434 p.m. Oh, it's going to be dark right around kickoff. Okay, so Eagles-Bears. Let's go with the Eagles offense versus Bears defense. How I think that's where Trubisky we start.
1: How does
0: Trubisky play in the dark?
1: <laughs> but the, um, How does he play in pr- – this doesn't count as prime time because it's not kickoff after 7 o'clock. Even though it's the biggest game of his life, it's not prime time. Um, Aren't so, all playoff games prime time? I think all games in the NFL are prime time. don't I I don't think, think like, any quarterback like goes in
0: Thanksgiving enough. noon is also primetime? Yes. So I yeah. thought,
1: too. I, I think everybody thinks every game is primetime, okay? All right, so the Eagles' offense. You know what really fucked up your whole theory on that? Right. Kirk Cousins'
0: pregame speech about flex scheduling. <laughs> What he said. You were like, every game is primetime. And Kurt's like, do you know why they moved us to the 830 slot on Sunday at NBC? Because we're the Vikings. Right. It was like, what are you doing? What are you, the TV guy?
1: Yeah, no, I know. And, well, he also had to answer comments that week about playing in primetime. And he said, Mm. every game is the same. So, uh, okay. But, you know, he was channeling his inner Josh in that speech, right? Um, The Eagles offense versus the Bears defense. Bears defense is the best in the NFL for my money. I know that's debatable with the Raiders, I mean, the Ravens and the Cowboys and all them, but if you made me pick one defense, I am going with the Chicago Bears as my defense. Um, This is where I think the Eagles pose problems for Chicago. I mean, Lefko, as you know, uh, the Eagles' offensive line is healthy, right? And they're big. I mean, they're big. Uh, You know, Kelsey and Wisniewski are not real big, big guys. I I get that. But Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, and Peters, I mean, those are some big mofos right there, okay? Um, But either way, with it being healthy and 100% everybody across the board for the most part, the O-line has improved. It's been better in pass protection, and you've heard me complain that they've been running the ball up the middle more, right? Which, you know, it annoys me they hadn't done that all year. There's definitely been more attention to running up the middle. I do even feel like Nick Foles has been under the center a little bit more, which I do like that for the Philadelphia offense. It gives the up-the-middle run game a little more, you know, what do I want to say? It just sells it a little bit more, and it helps with play-action passes, right? So I I look at all those things. My big thing is this. I don't really think Philadelphia is going to be able to run the ball in Chicago. Like, I just don't. You Chicago. don't
0: see Wendell Smallwood and
1: Josh Adams? No, I don't. Yeah. But – What I would say is this don't stop running it just because don't be afraid to be in third and two and third and three. Like we said in the other podcast, the one thing I admire about Philadelphia lately is they have not been scared to go third and two is a great situation for us, where most teams in the NFL wimp out and like second and nine and they go we need to throw for 10 yards right here and then it's third and nine and philadelphia has been very patient to go oh second and nine we'll throw a screen or we'll run or we'll throw another short pass and get in sec- third and three and then the defense doesn't know what we're going to do screen throw sprolls around the edge on a wheel route you know hurts over the middle you're screwed you're at their behest um so I want them to run the ball just to keep the Bears honest and to help your play-action passes. Now the real advantage you have, and to me this is where the game's going to come down to, is can the Philadelphia Eagles do a little bit what they did last week? And can they dink and dunk the Chicago Bears? Can they, you know, three yards here, five yards here, six yards here? Their drives
0: were like all over ten minutes long.
1: Yeah, they were forever. It was They were on the field for like three quarters a It of was game. a slow death. It was slow death. And now, the one thing I'll say is this after watching the Bears' defense yesterday, and you heard me say this, is they were all over the Vikings' concepts. The, the Vikings had crossover concepts because that was DiFilippo, who was from Philadelphia. So, of course, he had some of the same things. There's nobody who runs more shallow crossers or the guy 10 yards over the middle and turned to the quarterback than the Philadelphia Eagles. And I would also say there is nobody better at defending those plays than the Chicago Bears. Now, they also got to see the Vikings do that last The Vikings do that last week and saw how the Bears defend it, so maybe they have a few wrinkles ready for it this time around. But that'll be definitely something I watch for. The other thing, I'll say this about Nick Foles, and he's better at this than Carson Wentz, and I'll give him this. And I was kind of saying this, and on the NBC show this morning, they actually, I said it yesterday, and they had a graphic that backed it up. So again, I always feel good when I say things that I'm seeing with my naked eye that I'm not charting. It's a good way to qualify an unqualified statement. Exactly right. And it, his... his Ability, like we've talked about, to throw with people around him and pressure because he's a big guy, it is impressive.
2: Oh, was there like a next-gen stat of throwing uh, under pressure? He's first in – Nick Foles is first in passer rating when he's hit as he throws. Oh, yes. And when and he's, when he's under pressure
1: or yeah. hurried. Right. He's he's phenomenal. The, the numbers NFL. bear it
2: out. It's really funny. We marvel at Carson Wentz's
0: ability to escape. Right. We have we marvel at Nick Foles' ability to not Stand be able to escape take, yeah. but just get smashed in the Wentz face. Wentz
1: just goes, let me see where I can throw Backwards, real quick. Spin. Boom. Right. And I'll throw it. Where Wentz sits there and goes, I think I can make this guy miss and then break this tackle. And then I see that fifty yarder coming down. Oh, I got sacked. Oh, darn it. You yeah. know, that's what happens. That's the difference there. Foles knows I'm not going to be able to do all that. I better just find a safe place to throw this ball as I'm getting hit, yeah. and he's good at placing the ball correctly. So that's the thing I will look for. Can they dink and dunk the Chicago Bears? I would say no, but I don't feel great about that. Okay, I'll just say that much. Now, the Bears O versus the Eagles D. You know, the strength of your D, we've talked about this a million times, is your defensive line. You know, the Bears O line is very good. It really is, and they're healthy. I Man, I have a hard time thinking that your D- defensive line can steamroll that bunch, and that's what worries me about your secondary a little bit. Because Nagy is a pretty creative game planner. I don't want him to waste all his good plays in the first ten minutes of the game, which he has a habit of doing. Like every Bears game, I mean, it's every game. He's got every
0: a, game. It's right. like wow, 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 and then right. the second and third quarter are. I know.
1: He almost has to put a uh, take a three hours out of his life this week and come up with a you know first fifteen for the second half to mm. like almost do something like that or have things you save for the second half, which is what like a Doug Peterson or Andy Reid do, where they go, yeah, we love these plays, but I'm going to save these four for the second half, right? So um, that. I look at that. The Bears do have great balance. I worry about your secondary if you guys can't get pressure, just because one, they do have good physical weapons, and two, they have a well-rounded pass attack. Now, Trubisky's ability to consistently hit throws is going to be certainly a question mark for me in the football game in general, and the other thing would be this, and you've heard me say this, it's hard to play man-to-man against the Chicago Bears, or you better be careful, because Mitchell Trubisky will run the ball. Mitchell Trubisky is... Arguably the best scrambling quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I would say Josh Allen's one. Yes. Okay. But he's in there with Lamar and Deshaun Watson and all those guys, right? I mean, it's pretty special what he does there. I would like. There's a lot
0: of good mobile quarterbacks right now.
1: There is. I would like to see the Bears be a little bit more aggressive with their downfield passing game because I do feel like teams kind of get a feel for them and they start to squat on things. Um, and the other thing that scares me about Mitchell Trubisky's running is, man, your your pass rush is so undisciplined. I mean, you're, you know, I mean it's Jim Schwartz, and you got a bunch of meatheads, and we he, just gotta make we it. We gotta happen. get them and get them, and I don't care if none of you are in the same gap as long as we get them, it's okay. Well, that could be good until. Who,
0: who are the best pass rushers for the Eagles right now, from your estimation?
1: Um, like Fletcher
0: Cox, obviously. Yeah,
1: Fletcher Cox is the most for dominant my, guy. Long my, has come along lately. Long looks better lately.
0: Right. Michael Bennett looks like a force.
1: My Michael Bennett's the best pass rusher.
0: So this offseason, I went on to a radio show that said that Michael Bennett was old in the tooth. And I said, the thing that you're not realizing is the man played almost 900 snaps a year for right. Seattle. right? And now he's coming to a team where he doesn't have to. And my hope before the season was at this point of the year, yeah. Bennett would be fresher at this point of the year than he ever has been. Yeah, sure. They were not
1: rotating him in Seattle. No, not to this extent. And if
0: they're going to have a chance, he needs to be ecstatic. But yeah. like... Where has Brandon Graham gone?
1: No, I, it's been underwhelming the whole year. That's and, why they're expected same, to let him go. And same with Chris Long. It was underwhelming the whole year. So other than them, who's there? Yeah. The Hector guy you like? Yeah, he does a good job, certainly. It's It's been just an improvement altogether I by all of them. I don't know if Chris Long has be, had an injury issue or whatever. But, no, I mean, um, I don't think I'm missing anybody there as far as that group that I just that's what go... i saying.
0: I don't think it's that great of a pass-rushing group.
1: It's not last year. That's everyone, why everyone I want to tell people the Bears are you guys last year. You're right. That's what I keep trying to tell people, but nobody can see it because Foles is quarterback, and it's just like, no, we're last year, and we're here again. And I want to go, no, the Bears are really what you guys were last year. Mm. Okay? So that's where I just look at that a little bit. But um, I guess uh, that does concern me. Um and I don't know if there was another point I wanted to make on that side of the ball, but I guess I'll just get to the point, and I am putting $10 on the Chicago Bears. <laughs> yes, I am going to pick the Bears to win this game 24-17, to which covered the six-point spread. Um, I would not be shocked if the Bears really made – like I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears won this game 24-10 either. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? So
0: my friend, he's a Chicago – Danny Parkins, he's a Chicago radio host. He to right.
1: me 24-10. 24-10?
0: He,
1: yeah. I mean, I he can said, see what's it, your score? 20-10, 24-10. But I don't know. I, I am still scared of the Eagles because you're the Super Bowl chance and you do have belief and Nick Foles has belief and that scares me. That's why I won't bet a lot of money on this game. I get it. Yeah.
0: I wrote down copious notes. I filled other pages for all the other games. I wrote one sentence. Yeah. Philadelphia wins, and I have no freaking idea how. So leave me alone. I'm a fan. I'm putting ten dollars on the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. They'll go to Chicago. Nick Foles is back. Look how long his thing keeps goes. I don't know. I gotta stop. That was bad. Okay. My um. I really just want to like ask you questions yeah, about this game. Go ahead, let's go. Cuz like I cannot pick Eagles games to save my life. I just have no idea. But the, I think the reason I have hope is we're up against a quarterback that's never played in the playoffs sure. and a coach that's never been in the playoffs with a quarterback that pulled off incredible feats and your, the, the, your stat, like I'm used stealing that. Number one passer rating under pressure, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's what you have to have to beat the Bears. Right. For me, my hope on offense is I hope they bring out the trick plays. I hope that Doug Peterson, that they keep out-coaching themselves because of Carson Wentz. Yep. And it's a lot of smart trick plays, trick plays that we haven't seen before. We're talking Philly specials, like whipping them out in this game. I don't care. I'm, I'm talking about flea flickers, with like Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I don't want necessarily the screens, because I think Chicago's so fast they'll sniff those out. Yeah. Personally, I'd like to attack, attack Prince of Mukamara. I, I believe that I, I don't think he's as shut down as as maybe no. he's being able to, no. to be made. No. Um I also the, the guy that I fear the most on the Bears offense uh is Taylor Gabriel. Sure. Because I am afraid of the deep shots. I'm not necessarily afraid of Allen Robinson. Uh it's gonna suck when Tariq Cohen makes big plays. Um I don't think Jordan Howard's gonna have that big of a game. I, I really hope the Bears try and force it, but yep. my hope is that that. The Bears make mistakes. We are outclassed as a team. Uh, I'm thrilled that it's not a super cold game because I don't believe Nick Foles plays that great in the cold. Um, But I also think that... You know, if, if it doesn't start off great for Trubisky, we got a chance. Yes. Because that dude can get into his own head and yeah. start sailing some balls and and I've been impressed lately with Avante Maddox. I've been impressed with some of the secondary members. Yeah, I've even should thought be. like LeBlanc has like played pretty well he these has. last few weeks. Yeah. Some of the linebackers coming back. Look, Nigel Bradham in a big game is fun to watch. <laughs> that man can make things happen, but one big Fletcher Cox hit. We're in this game. Yeah, sure. And I—
1: I would just say don't let—again, your again, something we always say about your team, and you've been really good about it lately because your front four has been playing better, is just don't put your guys in the back end and compromising. Don't give Mitchell Trubisky the get-out-of-jail-free card with Nigel Bradham man-to-man on Tariq Cohen and a wheel route. You know, those are the things I— Would the, you
0: rather attack Mitchell Trubisky or would you rather contain? I would rather contain.
1: I so think he... you'd almost
0: play Mitchell a little bit like you want the Chargers to play Lamar.
1: Yes. I would. I would contain and I would go, I got to see him execute and make decisions and make accurate throws, which we know are some of the question marks about him. Yeah, I would make him do that and execute. Then if you go, okay, damn, it's been two drives in a row and he's on today and he's, then you have to change things up. But that would be something I would go, as an Eagles defensive coach, I'd go, I got to see that first to believe it.
0: Because for me, the thing that scares me about the Bears is a little bit what you said about the Eagles. I'm afraid of the crossers, Yeah, I'm afraid of the underneath. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of the setups for the Tariq Cohens and all those guys yep. and, and all that. But I'm not necessarily as afraid of, of Mitch going deep. Right. I'm just afraid of the Taylor Gabriel if he does catch the one deep ball. Yeah, right. Because if Taylor Gabriel catches the one deep ball and gets that touchdown, I don't really feel that great. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I really feel great about. Mm-hmm. Facing Cody Parkey. Like yeah, it's scary. Like the Bears are a team that could push the Eagles around for twelve plays and eighty yards and settle for that thirty four yard field goal yeah, I miss and it. we get all the momentum back. And you know what else? This is the truth, because this is a fanhood thing. Who did you just say the Bears are? The Eagles. The Eagles. Right. It's funny to look back at that Eagles Falcons game now. Falcons come in. Oh, right. Divisional game. Yeah. And... All of the pressure was on Nick Foles. If you remember what we were saying back then, he had just come off an awful game where he played like a half against the Cowboys. He had an awful game against the Raiders, and the talk in that game was, if it starts going south for Nick Foles, Philadelphia is going to freak out because it's like, oh no, we're letting go of all of this good stuff. It's wasting away. All of our fears are coming true. Mm If you don't believe that Bears fans are going to poop a brick if Mitchell Trubisky starts slow, if you don't think that you're going to start hearing some whispers and some boos in the second quarter, one of our producers, Karen, is a huge Bears fan, and a lot of Bears fans right now are feeling really cocky. You know who gets scared the most? The people that have been cocky all week. The Eagles are going in with no fear. They're already dead to rights. They shouldn't be here and also if they're down 14 guess what they're used to it they were down they were getting their ass kicked by the falcons before they turned it around you know who's not used to coming from behind the bears if this goes bad Have in the you, beginning yeah. i am I, i'm telling you bears fans will eat themselves inside out they will be so consumed with fear because this is their beautiful season they want to protect This is it. And the crazy thing about the team of destiny is that that shit changes sides quick. It does. And if you start getting in with fear, you know who doesn't have fear? The team of destiny. I'm just saying. Like, I know this is me kind of pumping myself up. Yeah, it definitely is. But I can already... If you
1: guys go down 14 nothing, you're going to get blown the fuck out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, blown out. They're going to rush would you three agree, and But still would get you there. agree with
0: me that if right. Trubisky's not good early, yes. Chicago is going to sound like a graveyard? It's going to
1: make all of them play tight. All gonna, of them. They're, because, they're because the, the defense is going to go, man,
0: it's a bad Mitch game. It's a bad Mitch sure. game. Yeah, it, and, then, it, and, then, and then then they're yeah. going to lose but gap who integrity. Knows? Who knows what happens from oh, that? But what Definitely. did you think of that whole thing I just did?
1: Uh, I, I don't even know what you just did right there. You just flustered yourself up to match the color of your sweatshirt with your cheeks. No,
0: no, no, but seriously, though.
1: No, but seriously, I mean, listen, you so guys that are scary. All no, no, it's not nonsense. You guys are scary. You definitely are. This is the best defense you guys have played all year. Okay. That's what I like. Scheme wise and player wise, it's, it's a double whammy. It's the second so, time
0: all year that Khalil been, Mack has been the second best defensive player on the field.
1: But they're, you've been protecting awesome lately. That was a bold statement. And that's a yes, that is a bold statement. Um, but I am going to be, yes, you've been protecting great lately. All that's, right, that's, gonna, that's the big thing. Let me just pick your brain really yeah. quick.
0: Which defensive linemen typically are on the
1: right guard and the right tackle for the Bears? For the right guard and the right tackle when they're playing the a Bears. defense,
0: who's usually over the right guard and right tackle?
1: Um, are you talking about the Bears defense you're yes. asking me? Sorry. Um, well, it just depends on the, the formation itself. But you're going to have Eddie Goldman or Akeem Hicks over your, your guards, right? That's... So
0: Brandon Brooks will, will destroy them. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, Brandon Brooks should be fine with that's... any... Any of the matchups. I mean, Brandon Brooks for me is one of the better guards in football. You know, and then, then who say
0: Lane Johnson? Who's Lane Johnson battling against?
1: Yeah, well, that could be a number of people. Is like,
0: Khalil Mack facing Peters more Or, or uh, he
1: moves around, but okay. he would probably see Peters Moore. Yes, he's going who's to guarding see Peters Ertz? More. Um Ertz, you it's could Trevathan have Trevathan or Roquan. Yeah, or it could be it could be one of the safeties and then Eddie Jackson if he's healthy or Amos or somebody like and that. Who's
0: matching up with? But that was
1: great. They don't. Play a ton of man to man. You know, that's why they're. That's Who's why leaping they're great. With Alshon? Yeah, nobody. I mean, okay. I would think nobody's okay. going to leap with Alshon. They don't have that size there. Fuller's their best cover corner, that's for sure. He can lock down Jeffrey, but is he going to catch, break up the 50 50 balls? No, that'll be. We'll see that on Sunday.
0: Are you the most confident that the Bears are going to win, or are you the most confident that the Cowboys are going to win? The Cowboys. Okay. Yeah.
1: You guys are not like. You know, you, you you match up okay with the the Bears. You do. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. There's some scary things there for the Chicago Bears.
0: And I just want to say this to clear my conscience. Yeah. The Eagles making the playoffs is already a successful season to me. And the reason I say this is this. When they lost to the Saints by a million, everything that week was is this the worst team after a Super Bowl ever? Is, uh, we've never seen a team Super Bowl team get beat like this before. There's been countless Super Bowl teams that have not even made the playoffs. And for the Eagles to come back, Mm -hmm. they surprised me. It's a testament to them. I love this team. And Chris Long versus Kyle Long is my favorite matchup of that game. Kyle Long has already come out and said, I don't even know that guy, (laughs) which I
2: love. All right, guys, recapping the bets from this week. Indiana, oh, uh, Indianapolis at Houston. Uh, you guys are both going with Indy. Sims, you have 580 on it. Left go, you have 10 on it. Seattle at Dallas, you are both going with Dallas minus 1.5. Sims, you have 1,000 on it. Left go, you have 1570 Just on it. Just
1: change my Colts one and put all of it on the Tech
2: Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. L.A. at Baltimore. When, when would I have been able to change it? Right, at, once you say it verbally, that's it's over? Locked in. Okay, but y- if you it. decided right before on the podcast, I've said that live changes are allowed. Right. I but feel once like Leftco
1: changed once he after he said it. But this I'm is a, a classic
2: that. Sims move of just trying to put that in my brain that maybe I screwed no, it up. No. What, what really, happened was, really like, happened
0: was Josh sent that text saying, "How much money do you guys have?" And then he later texted me and said, "However, I will say it would be cool if one of you happened to put fifteen seventy, and I already had the." email in my inbox going Dallas 1570, yeah, and right. I went, oh, well then maybe you like this.
2: <laughs> oh, you're talking about today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, LA at Baltimore. Baltimore minus 2.5. You're both going with LA for 10 bucks. And Philadelphia at Chicago. Spread is Chicago minus 6. Sims, you're taking the Bears for 10 bucks. Lefko, you are taking the Eagles for 10 bucks.
1: Sorry, I swore so much today. I'm just excited as playoff football. It deserves a few swears.
0: I agree. Yeah. Let's oh, wrap good. this it's, thing it's, up.
1: It's, it's tough ball. It's Where tough will
0: time. you be watching the game Saturday?
1: I'll be at my house.
0: Yeah. And then Sunday you're gonna be you're doing I'll, the pregame I'll show. I'll be in the pregame what show. What time does
1: that start? Gosh, four o'clock? It's like a thirty minute pregame show.
0: So let's give it a little behind the scenes. When you're on T V at four, what time do you get there?
1: I will be there probably by twelve thirty. Yeah, I know. Oh, you're gonna watch the other game first? Yeah, I mean usually we have to be there by like twelve or twelve thirty when the game's at eight o'clock at night, so I'm I'm not getting there earlier than that. I know that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Where yeah. are you watching the games? Probably on my couch. Certainly not. Not with you. Why? Maybe with you.
0: Maybe not the Eagles game. I might watch Saturday with you. Okay. I never know how to watch Eagles games. I'm a mess. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it home.
1: Last year we watched together though, right? Falcons Eagles. Yeah, we rooted for it together.
0: Thank God for Keanu Neal's knee. Always love that knee. Seriously, right? Gave me a Super Bowl.
2: That's crazy. Four Sims. Peace out, homies.
0: Four Fendrick. Good
2: evening, everybody. And I am the
0: L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. And we will holla, 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 holla at you later. Hopefully on Monday, Tuesday. We're talking about the Eagles. Peace. (laughs) Hopefully
1: not.